everyone, and welcome to The Geek Rant, episode 334. Do you see what I see? Recorded August 19th, 2018, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Drive Time Radio for Geeks. I am your host, Mark, sometimes known as the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockroach. And joining me this week, as always, are your two stalwart co-hosts, Seth, the Gooey Kid Anderson, and Miles, the Aussie Jr. Wakeham. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Mark, and welcome back to the faithful Opiites. We love you. Hello. That's, they don't that's call it. the best that's, color man in the business for nothing. That's all I got. Get what you pay for. <laughs> so tonight, <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. You, you are undoubtedly, uh, undoubtedly the best podcasters I can afford on what I pay you. <laughs> um, so tonight we didn't really have a show topic. Um, that happens from time to time, although we've been better about it. Really, I, I think this whole year. Uh, we've been really good about having a topic and, and having at least some idea what we're going to talk about, but we didn't tonight. Um, so uh, I just thought, hey, let's talk about what we're watching. And watching these days can mean all sorts of things. Movies, TVs, YouTubes, um, D-tubes, plumbing tubes. Uh, it could mean all, all sorts of things. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, but uh, before we do that, I just wanted to say that uh, I once again help somebody move furniture this weekend so if you hear um un- un- unexplained groanings and grumblings from me it's as i move around muscles hurt uh, all my life i've been a, a larger than average person and most of my life um at least my driving life i have driven a pickup truck so big guy plus truck equal equals i move everybody i know and so particularly in the summertime it's pretty much an every weekend kind of thing i'm moaning a little bit actually the last time was about two months ago but still it feels like it's every weekend. Ever had that experience, Seth? You're a big guy. Yeah, and when I when I had a truck, I often got tasked with moving because I also am larger than the average person. Um, so yes, but you know, since I I in, but I enjoy it because I don't get much social interaction outside <laughs> of when people need me for something. So you know, you know, it's a felony in the state of Arizona to ask anybody to help you with moving in summer. <laughs> I can believe that. That's funny. But everybody moves in the summer. Summer is moving season when it's the hottest. And, and yeah, yeah, I don't know why. It's just the way it works out. Um, so anyway, I watched uh, yesterday, um, just on a whim, The Foreigner uh, with Jackie Chan. Seth, I know, gave a, a brief review of it a while back. I just want to say it was, uh, it was okay. It was fine. Um, it's not really... If you if you sit down and turn out the lights and and pop some popcorn and and go to watch this movie, you're going to be disappointed with it. But if it's on while you're doing other stuff, it's a fine movie. Um, and that's really all I got to say about that. Well, I I will just reiterate that it's not a typical Jackie Chan movie. There's like one Jackie Chan scene in the movie, so you're not going to see a Jackie Chan movie. Right. You're going to see a movie that has Jackie Chan in it. He doesn't hit anybody with a ladder. At any point in the movie, which is maybe the only time he's ever made a movie where he didn't hit somebody with a ladder. <laughs> uh, but it's a story of a, 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 a broken down old man, essentially, who, due to a terrorist act, has lost the only thing he cares about. Um, and then we discovered, uh, as the story goes on, that this broken down old man isn't quite as broken down as people might have thought he was would. As, you know, spoiler alert, Jackie Chan, people get punched. So... <laughs> Um, it's a, it's a good movie. It's an okay movie. It's not a good movie. It's an okay movie. Jackie Chan shows, uh, a pretty good range as an actor, much more than I uh, would have thought he was capable of. He's always been a good physical actor. Obviously he was an acrobat. He's done all the Kung Fu stuff. Um, but he, he, he's playing older than he is and he takes on the physical movements, the, the sort of hunchbackness, the, 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 uh, the broken, uh, tired demeanor. He really owns that really well and that was my favorite part of it It was just watching him as an actor instead of as a an acrobat so that's all i gotta say about that and then out in the movies at the theater it's just too much stuff i want to see i want to see christopher robin um uh you know uh, because i have girls and that's a thing uh alpha is getting great reviews basically the story of how man 
Domesticated Wolves. Uh, Mission Impossible. It's a big spectacle movie. You got to see on the screen. As is Skyscraper. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no interest in seeing uh, um, The Rock thrown out of a building. But uh, lots of stuff going on right now. Summer blockbusters abound, and I have seen none of those things. So that's all I have to say about that. Have all the kids gone back to school in your area now? Uh, yes. Uh, even the private schools are pretty much started now. So the movies will kind of wane a bit, I guess, now. Well, they always do in the summer. Yeah, they're, 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 you don't hear about the fall blockbuster season. It's it's a <laughs> summer thing. <laughs> right. And Seth uh, had this out there last week. I canceled it. He put it back. So he must really, truly believe that Walmart is an evil genius. Well, they really are. If you think about it, Walmart, um, they tried, they said they were experimenting with grocery uh, stores in smaller settings. Basically, they opened them and operated them long enough to force the competition out. And then they promptly closed them all and said, oh, they didn't make as much money as we thought, but damage is done. All the old mom and pop grocers in small town, uh, at least in East Texas, were put out of business by the um, Walmart able to absorb those losses. And they just keep doing it. You know, you think about it, they stock just enough stuff in their hardware section to make hardware stores really expensive. You can't really ever find anything you need at a Walmart store, but dang it, they got a lot of cheap screws and cheap tools making you, if the old, the small time stores, they have to charge super high because nobody comes in there anymore. So they're just doing a good job of systematically wiping out the small independent consumer and just making making the field ripe for conquest for Amazon, I think, because they really kind of uh, boohooed their online presence. So, but other than that, they're an evil genius. It's not just Walmart. We're seeing that sort of consolidation happen all across uh, the, the, the world in all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's just, you know, bigger is getting bigger and smaller is disappearing. Well, and like the reason I just remembered the reason I put this in there last week is I went to Walmart on a Sunday to get my tires changed because, that was just convenient because of my work schedule. But there was like three cars ahead of me and it took them over two hours because almost nobody works in the tire department anymore. When they first opened them, there were people everywhere back there working. And if it was a three hour wait, it was because there was 15 cars ahead of you. But now that they've driven out the small tire shops, they don't have to have anybody there and people will just force themselves into Walmart schedule. So systematically destroying the competition by bulking up a service. And then when they drive out the consumer, they cut the service back and force you to deal with them. So well, evil genius. There's a second side to that making you wait at the at the tire place because you can't go anywhere because they have your car. So you might as well walk around the store and you'll probably buy something while you're there. Yeah, not disagreeing. Evil genius all around. And and what did you want to say about uh, about movies in general? You know, used to going to the movies was a fun experience but lately it has become two hours worth of a giant screen babysitting screaming children (laughs) and it is just simply not fun to go to the movies anymore because you got these two and three year olds walking around saying stuff and yelling at the screen and then their parents saying hush 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 be quiet and i'm just like why don't you shut up and deal with your children at home Teach them how to interact socially before you force them on the public at large. So, you know, this could just be my grumpy old man, get off my lawn. This is my one thing and you're taking it away from me. You're ruining my joy of the movies. So, or it could just be a rant. I don't know. I'm not having that experience when I go to the theaters, but I think a a part of that is I choose to go to expensive theaters with, uh, you know, reclining seats and reserved seating. um, and, And that weeds out you know, the babysitter class of people, if you're going to spend that much money, you know, when I take my five people to the theater and then buy them even the most rudimentary snack, I've spent a hundred bucks. Um, so when you, when you weed out the class of people that look at, at a cheap babysitter for three bucks, I, I think maybe it makes the difference. I don't know. I went to like the, uh, studio movie grill. That's one yeah. of the more upscale and same thing, you know, just, little children hollering and screaming and crying and you know the the parent will try to shush them for five minutes or ten minutes before they then 
get up and take them out of the theater just as they finish their fit and come back in and sit down. And And you're not exactly seeing kids' movies either. You know, it's like murder, death, kill, 3,000, and there's two-year-olds in it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one thing. Okay, if I go to the Disney movie, you expect to see little kids, and you're like, okay, I know when it's going to be weird because I'm a middle-aged man going to see this movie. But two, I would expect there to be children in it and appropriate. But if I'm going to see an R-rated movie, I don't expect, you know, little kids barely able to walk in the theater. It's just, like I say, parents, golly, (laughs) grow up. You're not a kid sneaking into the movie theater anymore. Yeah, so that whole family movie experience, screw that! (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Miles, do you go to the movies? Do you have that experience? I haven't, you know, I'm going to admit something that's going to be really embarrassing on this show. I haven't been to a movie for about 18 months. A movie theater. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that sick? Well, I only go four or five times a year. I don't go a lot. Um, oh, all right. Yeah, but uh, mainly because I have the movie experience at home, and we're, yeah. more and more people are getting that, and that's why movie theaters are having to move to that premium experience. Because Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing yeah. with me. I, I just, the amount of effort it takes to go get there on time, and usually, usually it ends up being like a studio movie grill where there's a meal involved or something. I mean, the whole thing becomes this logistical nightmare, and it's like, nah, I just turn on Netflix, I'm done. <laughs> it's a it's a sad state of affairs that it's like that. But I'm also not the sort of guy who likes paying ten bucks for a you know bag of popcorn. So yeah, for I have been a movie buff uh, all my life. My granddad actually used to refuse to take us to the movies because Seth he remembers the the days of the matinees in the fifties when it was kids running around and you'd get in for a nickel and stay all day. Uh, and then we convinced him, my brother and I, to take us to see E. T. So that's how long ago that was. Um, And he remarked at how the movie experience had changed so dramatically. And he actually became a movie fan. And he used to take us to the movie about every week uh, after that. And that's where I developed, I think, my love of movies uh, and, uh, you know, in in spending that time with my granddad, but also being uh, being exposed to uh, a wide variety of both high quality and low quality movie experiences. You know, I saw uh, uh, E.T., and I saw Soggy Bottom USA. So, you know, both of those things there uh, run the full gamut of the movie experience. Yeah, cool. I mean, I've still never seen E.T. I'm on the haven't seen E.T. bandwagon still. So maybe, Seth, what would fix all your problems is this lightning would just hit the, the theater. And maybe that would fix everything. Fix mine? I- <laughs> <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> I'm assuming that was a segue. Yes, yes, it was. Okay, oh, okay, right. Um, yeah, it's monsoon season in uh, in the southwest or the deep southwest or whatever it is, and um, we get a lot of lightning storms every single night. It's been like that for the last two or three weeks. Every night, it's like fireworks out there with lightning. It's crazy, big dust storms and the whole bit. Anyway, um, the unthinkable happened, and a bolt of lightning hit my house or maybe my neighbor's house or somewhere on the street close enough where it blew out our power. And uh, interesting was recovering from it. You turn everything back on, right? I mean, it was, you know, circuit breakers blown, whatever. So you switch them back on and um, everything did except my servers in my office. I'm like, what the heck? So I hunt around and make sure that I got the circuits thinking that maybe it blew it out. No, it was fine. And then I went to the UPS and uh, this is interesting. This is geek um, trivia. So I have three UPSs in my office because I've got a lot of computers here. Um, two of them are APC. Uh, I wouldn't say high end, you know, they're the $200 jobs you buy at Staples or whatever. And then I got this little cheesy one called a Cyber Power. UPC, mm-hmm. I think I probably got it from Amazon. They're, you know, they're cheap, right? Well, the APCs came right back up again. Everything's fine. But this little CyberPower one blew the crap out of it. <laughs> I mean, the whole back end of the batteries were like fried and the whole... But here's the really cool thing and why I've learned now the hard way, uh, why you should have a, UP, U, a UPS. When you get hit by lightning... That UPS is the best buffer you could ever mm-hmm. have to those expensive computers. And once I replaced the UPS, put the new one in, powered everything up, it's like nothing ever happened. So there you have it. Cheap UPS will blow up 
but will still protect all your expensive equipment. Yeah, they're the secret service of the electronics world. They take the bullet so that the, your computers don't have to. Well said. And Seth Winnipeg in the chat room would like to uh, con- uh, commiserate with you that he's 49 years old and he hasn't seen E.T. either. Um, Woohoo! I would say if, stick together. if either of you went out to watch it right now, you'd probably be disappointed because you'd look at it with modern eyes in a dated, uh, at a dated movie. But uh, in its day, it was one of the best. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like Enter the Dragon, uh, the the not the Bruce Lee one, the cheesy '80s one was great when I saw it as a kid, but as an adult, it really <laughs> it looked really awful. Not to be confused with the Last Dragon, the black exploitation movie that uh, was just the pinnacle of its time, and will always and forever be uh, a brilliant masterpiece of bad movie making. But you no, know, that's the one I meant. I forgot yes. the title. Has a kid, it was awesome. Yeah. But as an adult, it was awful. Yes, so. but it's awful in the best way possible. You know, it's right up there with "I'm going to get you, sucker," which intended to be bad. <laughs> but so, I'm going to you know. get you, sucker. The cheese holds up. <laughs> The last <laughs> dragon, it molded. It's, I mean, that's just all there is to it. <laughs> all right. And then starting off the what we're watching part of the show, Seth, uh, you mentioned the movie The Spy Who Dumped Me. So are you watching it or do you want to watch it? I went and saw it okay. uh, Sunday. And it, it would have been a better movie if every single one of the best bits had not been in the trailers I had seen. You know, they, they I don't know. It's okay to give away one or two of the things, but the like the four things that are good make it in the trailers. It left a it left a uh, something to be desired. I, I didn't have high expectations, and those expectations weren't met. So, <laughs> so what's worse than uh, all the stuff being in the commercials is really good stuff being in commercials that aren't in the movies. Um, the the earliest example I can remember of that is in uh, the movie Major League. Um, there's a scene in the commercials where the the pitcher and the catcher are talking, and and he says, "Hey, that ball wouldn't have been out of a lot of parks." And the the pitcher says, "Name one." He says, "Yellowstone." That's a funny joke. Didn't make it to the movie, and in fact, it made it to the sequel, Major League Two. They redid that whole thing, maybe because a lot of people like me pointing it out. Uh, and then there's the the prime example of I've seen this before was the Michael Keaton Batman. The the uh, um. Who's the, who directed that one? The Tim Burton, Tim Michael Burton, Keaton, right? Yeah. Between the commercials and uh, and Taco Bell ads, we had seen everything that was good in that movie before we went to see the movie. Yep, it's sad, but it's hard. I mean, you got to bring people to the theaters, uh, and those those you know, it, it's a hard job. But uh, another one in uh, the Infinity War, right? There's a commercial where Thanos is. Um, ripping the uh whichever stone it is out of uh vision's head this is not a spoiler it's in the commercials and he says you know you don't think about enjoyment when balancing the universe but i have to say this is really fun that wasn't in the movie great line didn't make it to the actual movie i i don't remember seeing that trailer or commercial it was one in the the in theater ads uh it wasn't on tv but I've mentioned that to a couple of people there. Yeah, I remember seeing that ad. But anyway, so moving on from the movies, uh, you know, more and more people, myself included, are are turning to YouTube for actual entertainment. You know, YouTube for a long time has been the the get kicked in the crotch video storehouse and the how do I change this piece of plumbing uh, fixture video storehouse. But now it's actually entertainment stuff. And so uh, I'm just going to go through the, the uh, what are we watching on YouTube? I have been sucked into the pitch meeting, from, thanks to Seth, when he brought the, uh, uh, was it Iron Man uh, pitch meeting? Or uh, I don't remember which one. Yeah, I don't uh, remember which one either. But it's funny because I've gone back and looked at the old ones, and you can see how some of the themes develop over time. And, you know, the thing, it's, uh, you know, that must be really hard. No, it's uh, incredibly easy, barely an inconvenience. That line Super works easy. its way into everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just I'm really enjoying it. So I can't I can't think of I, I I can't I didn't bother to go look at who it is, but just look up pitch meeting, and uh, and you'll find when I watched the Incredible Hulk one today, and it was really funny how they were talking about you know we just did that in Iron Man, uh, but there's going to be a a, a a you know some time between this one and uh, between Iron Man and the release of this one. Really, how long? About a month. Oh, that should be fine. 
Um, I just love those kind of things like that. Yeah, I've made it a point. If I haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to watch the pitch meeting because, yes. I, you yes. know, uh, and or if I've only like he did one for the Fast and the Furious series. I have, I've seen a couple of them, but I'm not going to watch it because you if we major spoilers in the right. pitch meeting, by the way. Yeah. And then two that I consider uh, on equal footing. Uh, really, I, I think of them as the same thing. How it should have ended and Cinema Sins. I, I have my movie watching experience is not complete until I've seen those two movie, uh, two videos about a particular movie, right? So I, I've seen Infinity War, but I haven't seen uh, the Cinema Sins for Infinity War. I've seen how it should have ended. So once I've seen the Cinema Cinema Sins, I can say that my movie watching experience for Infinity War is complete. Uh, those two are just really clever, really good stuff. Cinema Sins tend to be long 14 15 minutes where they literally just list everything that's wrong with a movie um and in in a great way and then how it should have ended is is as the name implies it's it's this team of people saying you know this really should have been over in like three minutes here's how it should have ended and the infinity war one was great and and the things that they were saying were things i had said to myself in the theater i was like you know why doesn't he just do this and then it showed up on how it should have ended so i felt good about that have you seen the one where they're doing um, like the cinema sins for Ant-Man and then the director of Ant-Man 2 kind of comes in and critiques them doing the cinema sins? Oh, no, I didn't. It, it was it was really good. And he was like, you know, we put a lot of thought into, <laughs> you know, is this going to show up on cinema sins before we did this scene? <laughs> and so and whereas how to me how it should have ended has almost become weighted down with its cliches you know it's the earlier ones to me were better and they kind of just started i mean you know i'm batman's always going to be funny but it kind of is a little overused i think miles you've seen either of those no i haven't seen those two i spend way too much time on youtube but those haven't crossed my my recommended videos list yet well i recommend them so, uh, if, especially if you're in the movies, uh, my favorite, uh, cinema sins one was Kong, the, the new remake, the Jack black King Kong version. Uh, and the director actually came in and said, look, if you're going to do this, let's talk about what's actually wrong with the movie. Let's not talk about things that were budget cuts. Let's not talk about things that I was forced to do because of time. Let's talk about the th- ways that I really screwed up this movie. And it was it was really good critique, but also funny. And it was like that scene with all the helicopters, uh, and he gets a little blue. He's like, there's no way there's too effing many uh, helicopters there. This is King Kong fighting helicopters. More helicopters, all the helicopters, all the time. More <laughs> effing helicopters. That's not a sin. Leave me alone. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, all right, so that's my YouTube. Oh, the, the last one I've talked about on this show before, uh, Chase Holfelder. Um, yeah, you could also find him in Major to Minor. He does uh, songs where he takes a, uh, a major-sounding happy song and sings it in a minor key, and uh, often it turns really creepy. Like, for example, I'll Be Watching You. I'll be watching you every breath you take. It's a super happy movie. You put it in a minor key, and it's a stalker movie. And I mean, stalker song, uh, and it's, it's pretty funny, but also he's, uh, you know, he's, he's gotten, um, more money income and, and, and he's got a Patreon. I'm a supporter of it, uh, by the way. Uh, and he's, he started doing covers of other stuff and then getting to do some really cool stuff with other artists. So he's branched out beyond the major to minor, but he's, uh, the major and minor is still the, the core of it. So, uh, if you're a music, music geek at all, Chase Holfelder, uh, is definitely somebody you should check out. And now, Seth, your YouTube list, please. All right. So today I actually finished up Dragon Ball Z Abridged. If if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, you owe it to yourself to go over to Team Four Star and watch their Dragon Ball Z Abridged series. It is it's adult humor. And it is just so freaking hilarious. They, they're over-the-top characterizations of everybody in Dragon Ball Z. And you miss a lot of the gags if you're not, if you're not knowledgeable of the source material. But Dragon Ball Z abridged uh, is some of the best stuff on YouTube, I think. So I know, I know y'all aren't fans of much in the way of anime, are you? Uh, no. Yeah. I'm not anti yeah. I, you know, I'm surprised I'm not an anime fan, but no, I'd never 
it didn't grab me, you know? Yeah. But I, like I say, I, I like it, but that's just because I'm an overgrown child. But uh, switching to the series, serious side, one of the best guys I know of for like church history and apologetic stuff, his name is James White and his ministry is Alpha and Omega Ministries. I, I love his um, YouTube chats that they do like once or twice a week. They're just so informative and so in-depth, super serious stuff. And it gets deep. I mean, he's, he's got a PhD and like when he teaches, it feels like, you know, I've got to stop what I'm doing and pay attention if I want to learn, because it's like a hard college teacher giving you good information. But Alpha and Omega Ministries is something I really enjoy watching. Um, something else I got to get my weird owl fix. I'll, I go to YouTube for my Weird Al videos, that's like my exclusive home of Weird Al Yankovic in the Seth Anderson universe. And lately I've been watching a lot of off the grid living, you know, solar power, wind power, water, all that self-sustainable stuff. That's been, that's been my YouTube diet as of late, as well as just, I do general stuff as well, but those are things that I'm kind of harping on now. Yeah. I, I skipped over one of the things there and it goes in with that off the grid living is a uh, YouTube is my primary source for how to do anything anything i want to do there's a youtube video on it i mean it's honestly i can't think of a time when it's ever let me down how do i uh change the uh the fix the uh, vacuum uh, tube connection on my uh, cruise control that i got the code from out of my app I Googled something along those lines. Said, oh, right here you go. Just go in here, disconnect that, do that. And and that was totally enough information for me to know that I'm going to take it to a mechanic. But um, it, it really tells you everything you should want to know about that sort of stuff. Super cool uh, that that's it's sort of the, I don't know that there's ever been an equivalent to it before, but it's it's the general storehouse of knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's the things you used to learn from your parents and grandparents as you grew up. Now we learn it from strangers on the internet. So yay, 21st century living. There might be a reason for that though, because things got more complicated. Like I, I fell in the same boat. I had to change a, a bulb on my wife's car. I mean, a front headlight bulb, right? How simple is that? No, it's really complicated because of the way they make cars these days. And uh, it, YouTube to the rescue solved my problem. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Uh, I mean, if you could, like, I needed to know how to do something. I don't remember what it was, but I furnace. But I, I googled, googled the model of the furnace and the thing I wanted done, and the first search result was a YouTube video of a guy doing that very thing. Uh, crazy stuff, Miles. What's your YouTube activities or DTube in your case? Well, yeah, I've been. I, I mentioned last week that we got the DTube app running on my TV or my Android box on my TV, and so of course this week that's all I've been doing is digging deep into the bowels of the internet. Um, it's interesting, you know. The DTube's kind of what YouTube would have been back in two thousand and six. The stuff in there was a bit sort of cheesy and stupid, and people were posting videos because they could, not because they should. Um, and DTube's got a lot of that. But if you actually have the time to dig deep and dig underneath all of that stuff, you actually do encounter some some unexpected good stuff on DTube. I, I can't state any particular thing. I would just say if you've got a chance to get into it and you're willing to spend a little bit of time digging, you might find something that you didn't expect to find. And often it's a positive experience. Oh, it could be a negative too, of course, but you know. Anywho, um, does DTube have a porn problem? No, uh, because it has a filter which is actually on by default to filter out the sort of not safe for work stuff. Okay, um, and I and I've never changed. I've left it filtered, um, and I've not, I've not suffered from doing that. Uh, so I'm happy to leave it as is. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's pretty clean. Um, All right. Yeah. So as far as the YouTube stuff goes. Um, yeah, my, the stuff. I mean, I, I find I've got subscriptions to probably two hundred and fifty channels, and often they post pretty regularly, and I tend to find that I'm watching the stuff that people post regularly. But there's a few sort of standouts. Um, there's uh, okay, so there's there's this couple from Texas that I discovered who have a channel. I think they call themselves Kinetic Cannons, and the only reason that 
I found them is that this is one of those times when I actually found a YouTube channel that worked out in real life. Um, so the story is these guys are from Dallas and they're young kids. I mean, they're probably 25, something like that. They got married. They decided they wanted to move to Mexico. So they moved to Mexico and they chronicled everything on YouTube from the move to where they live, where they, you know, what they eat, where they shop, what the cost of living is, all that stuff. And uh, they started in Puerto Vallarta and then they ended up moving to Mexico City and they ended up moving to, oh gosh, I don't know, all over the place, all over Mexico. And the weird thing is I got hooked on their videos because they're really, really good at making videos. And we spent the entire month of June in Mexico pretty much going on their recommendation. Go there, we did. It was brilliant. Go there, we did. It was fantastic. And if anything, I've got to say thank you to these guys because I've opened up a, a country and, and a willingness to go in deep on a place that I'd never expected to find myself because of these freaking YouTube videos. So That's cool. Yeah. So for a two-hour flight south for me, I've opened up a whole new world of exploration. So, yeah, YouTube, uh, big thumbs up for you. And, and as a result, I've been watching a lot of how to speak Spanish videos because you kind of need to do that down there. Um, I'm not very good at it, but again, just like I can change the headlight on my wife's car, I can, I guess, learn how to speak Spanish. Um, and uh, other than that, there's one other standoff standout channel I was mentioning. There's a, there's a guy here in uh, Arizona. Um, he's originally from Chicago, but he moved here and he has a channel called global voodoo, which has nothing to do with anything. I don't know why he called it that. He's a reseller. What he does, he goes into, uh, like, Goodwills and savers, and sometimes he buys storage lockers that you know people are selling or whatever. And he videos everything from the purchase of the stuff he buys all the way through to selling the stuff on eBay. And this guy makes mega bucks doing this stuff. And when I start, and he's so encouraging about other people getting into reselling that you get kind of addicted to it. And I found myself just buying stuff and selling it. And he's right. You make a ton of money if you know what to buy. And, and it's opened up a whole kind of like a little side hustle thing. Um, so I, he's got a bazillion videos out there, but really enjoyable. Um, so if you're ever interested in buying anything, it might even be something you enjoy, like, you know, maybe old video game cartridges or something. He'll tell you how to do it properly. So, yeah, it's all fun. That sounds like something to check out. Yeah, Definitely. All right, we're going to have to put some wags under this. We've got uh, 18 or so minutes to go, and we're just through the first section. So <laughs> uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is Netflix slash Amazon slash whatever streaming stuff happens to be out there. So, Seth, you're up first. Ready, go. All right, so the first thing for Amazon, because you know I don't pay for Netflix, I just finished Doctor Who Season 7 and all the specials, so I'm just about to get into Season 8. So I'm a Doctor Who fan from way, way back good to see them and along with that torchwood and the sarah jane adventures um i watch a lot of movies on amazon i'll just go through and you know because cheesy movies are kind of my thing and amazon's wheelhouse seems to be the cheesy movies uh and then crunchyroll is again my anime fetish not y'all's uh, i just finished the series gate which is kind of this um it's a this mysterious portal opened up in japan and people from like the medieval era came through and attacked with monsters and stuff like that so and then of course the japan special defense force goes through and wipes them all out basically and it's just a little involvement of modern life meets you know somebody meets the board game or a real life DD adventure almost and of course dragon ball z super i just finished well i was watching that kind of as it went and it was over like a couple months ago but those are the main things things i do when i stream um so yay any of that excite y'all i no. it's amazing how diverse our tastes are uh you know we we agree on so much and yet nothing you've said there is at all interesting to me oh i love torchwood torchwood's awesome it's a pity they stopped making it did you see the miracle day the one they did in conjunction mm -hmm. with showtime Yep, I did. It, it, the whole thing. I, I think I saw it from the first one to the very end and loved every one of them. I thought it was fantastic. All right. So maybe, maybe with the recommendation from the two of you, 
I'll have to go check it out because it's on Amazon and I've got Amazon. The funny so Miles, thing is, it, it, well, just to finish that up, it's supposed to be a spinoff from Doctor Who. It actually has nothing to do with Doctor Who. Well, it, it does in, in story, but in production, it's far more like an American um, you know, sci-fi thriller than it is a Doctor Who series. Well, as long as we're talking about non-American TV, um, you you watch a lot more than that of that than I do, being that you're not from America by birth. I imagine that has something to do with it. Maybe I stuff. I don't know how stuff sort of filters into my world from weird places, but I tell you, I watched a series from 2000. I think it was like 2013, 2014, where it first came out, um, called Utopia, and it was a, a British. Uh, series and oh man (laughs) okay so it's uber violent i mean really it's kind of uh what was that cyber thing you were watching earlier this year mark that was really violent um Um, altered carbon yes okay it's at that level but much more sinister and when you least expect it somebody's head will blow up Uh, it's kind of really hardcore but the really cool thing about it is that for geeks the storyline is incredible um so very very quick story on this it's about a bunch of guys who get on some chat room on the internet because they're all into a comic book and this comic book was called the utopia manuscript and it's this incredible artwork it's it's amazing comics they all get together like you know kind of comic con fans of this thing and they get together and find out that they've accidentally stumbled into this super hardcore deep state crime sci-fi cyber world and they're all going to get killed. And it turns into this horrible story about why and it, it, it's just an amazing story. If you like dark, really, really deep, hard thinking and geekery all rolled up into one with a lot of hardcore violence, this is the show for you. Now, the interesting thing is they only did two series of it. When they finished the second series, they were supposed to do a third, and they had their funding pulled. And when you see one of these shows, you'll realize why. Each show is made like a Oscar award-winning movie. I mean, the budget is out of control. Hmm. But what happened was Amazon – no, yeah, Amazon picked it up. And they just announced earlier this year they're going to continue this series under Amazon's budget going forward. And I believe the Series 3 is about to come out this year. So I'm kind of jonesing for that. But um, these two are absolutely amazing. But don't have kids around when you watch it. It's pretty violent. Okay. All right. So I will move on to my list. Uh, The stuff that's just in the background while you're while you're brushing your teeth or whatever cheers and friends uh classic 80s 90s television we've seen it all we don't have to pay that much attention to it so it's something my wife and i do um uh jessica jones season two i'm forcing myself to watch it honestly i'm more than halfway through and i don't care about any of these characters i like the jessica jones character i don't like anybody who's around her uh but i'm just making myself do it um what is amazing uh, we just finished season two of a series of unfortunate events based on a kid's show. Uh, all I, I only need to say three names to you. Neil Patrick Harris, Nathan Fillion, Patrick Warburton. That's all I need to say about it. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris is amazing. You, you see the range of his abilities in this. It's just phenomenal. It's, it's a kid's-ish show it's appropriate for the whole family uh it's sort of written it's based on a kid's book but it's it's a very uh family friendly in that adults can enjoy it and kids can enjoy it and you know there's real danger uh but also it's very cartoony um just i think some of the the best writing and best acting particularly on the part of neil patrick harris uh that i've seen in a long time um i'm trying to see uh to watch amazon prime uh the tick because I love the cartoon in the 90s. Um, I just can't. I, I officially gave on it, up on it today. I watched episode seven and said, I, I have better things to do with my life than that. Uh, I'm done. So, so you didn't even make it all the way through season one? No, no. Yeah. I, I made it to episode one of season two, and I haven't gone back to it in many months. 
So. Well, no, this is episode seven of season two. I watched season okay. one. This is episode okay. seven of season two. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just don't care anymore. And then another thing that this is esoteric, uh, but there's this uh, channel on the Roku called Pluto, which is one of those things that was just scrolling across and I, I thought I'd check it out. It's uh, free TV. It's pretty mediocre quality, uh, particularly the sound is terrible. And, you know, I have invested lots of money in high quality uh, 5.1 surround sound channel systems. And this comes over as slightly better than uh, a like real player video was in 1997 uh, in terms of audio. Uh, But there's some real interesting stuff on there. And I'm really uh, uh, geeking out on the World Poker Tour channel. 24 hours all day, every day poker tournaments watching some of the best people play most of it's old uh some of it's more recent and it's just a lot of fun for me because i'm a poker enthusiast so uh when i don't have anything else to watch or when i when i don't want to watch you know invest in a story or anything like that um i just turn on uh pluto and watch for me it's the world poker tour app uh that's there's a lot of other stuff on there but that's what interests me any comments on any of that i mean i went through a phase where I love to watch the, um, you know, the different stuff. ESPN still does uh, poker. Poker Night in like, America, World Series of Poker. Yeah. The World Series of Poker. And, like, there was a while, you know, where – and it was cool. And then it's just like I'm not a poker enthusiast. So, after a while, it just got to be more of the same. And I was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. There was a TV show. Oh, God, I can't remember what it was on. It was a couple of years back. And I think it was called something like three months, three million dollars, something like that. And it was about a bunch of kids who got put in a kind of reality house, like a Big Brother thing in Vegas. And they were all online poker players. And the goal was they had to make three million dollars or I think it was something like that in a very small period of time. And I mean, I thought, who could do that, right? Who could make three million dollars or even one million dollars? That happens all the time. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Um, it's fascinating, but I don't. The show petered out after one season, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you could you could make a million dollars winning one tournament one weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then now everything we've done so far has been online stuff, and now let's talk about regular TV. And and we have to describe what regular TV is to people these <laughs> days. Uh, so while while we talk about this, let's talk about where we get our regular TV from. So Miles, you start this one. Well, I just cancelled my DirecTV again. Um, <laughs> they uh, they really pissed me off this time. I got a bill. I, I cancelled it last year, and then um, motorsports. What do you you know? I, I the auto, motorsports season started up, so I said, uh, all right, if I can get a month to month deal and it's cheap enough, I'll do that just for that." So I got DirecTV back again, and the rascals. They went and charged me for a whole bunch of things that I didn't order, like Showtime and NFL Sunday Ticket, which I didn't order. And you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sick of it. So I called them up and canceled and went over to YouTube TV. And I've been watching YouTube TV all week, and it's pretty cool. All right. And so what are you watching on YouTube TV? Well, um, the new season of Better Call Souls here. I was a big fan of Breaking Bad and when they went off, did the spinoff. I uh, jumped over all over it, and it's been fantastic. Um, if you like those sort of deeper story uh, with a twist and kind of weird – I mean, if you ever saw Breaking Bad, you know what I mean. Um, but Better Call Saul is all about the attorney, Saul Goodman, and uh, his adventures, and it's, it's really cool. Uh, I'd recommend it to anyone. Uh, and the only other thing I've been watching, which is more of – I'm now picking it up kind of through nefarious uh, sites on the internet, say no more – um, because I can't get it on YouTube TV because they don't have the A&E channel. Google um, is Live PD. I love me Live PD every Friday night and every Saturday night. I'm there watching people get arrested. Loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's so addictive about that show, but, man, it's it hooked me. So, yeah, it's part of my life now. All right. So I get my TV from two sources, uh, primarily. Uh, I have a TiVo, uh, that, uh, just an antenna stuck in the in the attic, um, and it records on the TiVo, and I use PlayStation View uh, on the Rokus. Uh, and so I've my one of my favorite things is a show on, I believe it's Fox. It's amazing. I don't even know anymore. You know, you just look for things, and it just shows up. It's a, it's a different world. Uh, it's called Penn and Teller Fool Us. Uh, it, the, the, the magicians, Penn and Teller, they invite people over, and they do a trick, and Penn and Teller try to figure out if they know how to do it. 
And uh, if they do, uh, that's it. If we Everybody had a good time and they leave. If they don't, they gave them the big You Fooled Us uh, trophy, which is a big F and a U. So F you, you fooled us. Uh, and then they get to come back and do uh, uh, like a stint on their Las Vegas show tour. It's really fun stuff, uh, despite all the Allison Hannigan uh, inane banner in between the acts. The acts are always really good. And the the way in which Penn and Teller react to it, it is really fun. Uh, the Good Doctor, it's a it's a TV show my daughter started watching and got me hooked on it. It's based on a Korean television program about a doctor with uh, 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 autism and his struggles to react uh, uh, normally in an abnormal world, you know, and, and relate to people. It's a, it's a really good show. It's it's the it's between seasons. It's a, uh, I think it's been one season and season two is about to start. BattleBots. What more do I need to say? Robots beating each other to death. The uh, uh, UK spinoff for that called Robot Wars. I'm watching both of those. Flipping Virgins, um, despite the name, uh, is uh, totally family friendly. It's an Atlanta-based show where a uh, contractor with years of experience takes people who've never flipped a house before and walks them through flipping a house. I enjoy that sort of stuff. And then American Ninja Warrior. uh people climbing up walls and doing crazy stuff uh i always like watching that and if you enjoy that sort of stuff team ninja warrior is all those people saying sure you can climb a wall but can you do it in less than you know faster than i can and so they put two people on the same course at the same time and they say go and they're all doing the same obstacles at the same time so there are times where they're literally fighting for each other punching each other in the face to hang on to this one ring uh and that's just gladiator uh, american gladiators redone i love it any I comments? Love I love that Penn and Teller show. Yeah, it's great. I, I'm a huge Penn Gillette fan. Um, that guy is amazing. But that show is brilliantly done. Yeah. All right, and now Seth, ready to go. I don't spend much time at all on regular TV. If I'm scrolling through and find an old episode of Leverage, I'll watch that. Otherwise, live sports, you know, I what's going on there, maybe some news. But otherwise, I just like, Eh, it just doesn't, which past me would, would think I've been replaced by an alien opposite person, doppelganger, because as much as I loved and worshiped and bowed down and revered the television, I do so little interaction with it these days. So, but that's life, I guess. I have in the past uh, would have had NFL all over this. The preseason just started, and I used to watch a lot of that, but I just don't care anymore. I'm not boycotting boycotting the NFL. It's nothing like that. It's just I'm tired of watching spoiled rich people throw fits on TV, and I just I'm just done with it. Yeah, and every year the NFL does more and more to make me care less about it. I mean, I still root for the Cowboys, um, but it's more just like, hey, did the Cowboys win? Cool. You know, it's yeah. like. I remember as a kid, I used to like just sit in front of the screen watching Monday Night Football because Howard Cosell would do the halftime highlights and he would recap all the other games. And I was like, oh, I want to see, you know, show me that. And now it's just like, eh, okay, you know, what was the score? What was the score? What was the score? Okay, good. I'm, I'm good. See you next week. So, yep, I'm right there with you. All right, and so now, Seth, with all the smoothness I can muster this transition, what happened this week in history? All right, Mark, well, way back, if you jump in your time machine and go all the way back to August 19th, 2004, Google goes public. So Google holds its initial public offering, selling over 22 million shares at the starting price of $85. They closed later that day at just over 100, and the IPO created many instant millionaires and even a few billionaires. So one share purchased at the initial price of $85 would be worth $2,431.70 today. You look it up because there was one stock split. Um, that is over 28 times or 2,800% the original investment for 14 years to make 28 times your money. That's not bad. If I could go back and tell myself, you idiot, why didn't you buy some Google? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, you didn't have any money to buy Google. Yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good reason. So, yeah. But 2004 wasn't all that long ago, you know. Yeah. Uh, and nobody had any idea how much they would change the world. I mean, how many things we talked about tonight were Google? Almost at least every, three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. And now, Seth, what do you have to lower my productivity? That's making you seem like a better hiring option. Although I don't know why you're still doing that because you have a job now. Oh, well, hey, I mean, you've got to come up with some other way to introduce it. That's all on you. <laughs> 
So this is, man, if, if you're really desperate to find that one sock that you took off and lost, you can go to unclaimedbaggage.com. This is a place in Alabama that acquires lost luggage and sells it in a massive way. So unclaimedluggage.com, if you want to, who knows, maybe you can find an iPad that somebody lost and snap it up quickly or dresses or suitcases or cameras or whatever. So unclaimedbaggage.com. Looks like you actually have to go to Alabama to get it, though. Doesn't look like they sell online. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. But hey, if you're desperate, you're desperate. That's right. That sock meant a lot to me. Yep. <laughs> All right. This is the part of the show where I tell you how you can feed back to us. You go to elementop.com, click the contact us button at the top of the page, answer the world's hardest captcha, fill out the form there, and uh, that sends an email that gets priority in my inbox. And we will most likely uh, at least discuss your stuff, if not read it on the air. You can also dial 559-IMOP, leave us a recording on our Google Voice box, another Google thing, and uh, and we will uh, probably re- uh, play it on the air because we haven't had one of those in a long time. Um, as always, we encourage you to uh, support us monetarily by going to patreon.com slash, uh, and uh, no, that's the other show, patreon.com slash elementop or elementop.com slash patreon. See how that works. Um, and we appreciate that. You could always just uh, send me some Bitcoin. That's still a thing out there, not worth as much as it used to. So maybe you're more willing uh, to part with it. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you being the listener. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Thanks to uh, those who were in the chat room with us tonight. Uh, the, that's always a pleasure. And Miles, Seth, as always, thank you for being the best host I can afford on what I pay you. And, oh. uh, and we'll say uh, that's it for this episode. And remember, pay for what you like.